Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. We believe that with smart marketing, you can compete with the largest players in your industry. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Judy Fox, and we're going to explore selling on LinkedIn without ads. If you're in the business of promoting or selling products and services, this is the episode for you. By the way, if you want to reach me, I am at Stelzner on Instagram. And if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show so you don't miss any of our future content because we've got some amazing content coming your way. By the way, are you looking for smart solutions to grow your agency? When your agency partners with Wix, you unlock an entire digital ecosystem for creating, managing, and growing your business online so you can run your agency the way you've always wanted to. Get the full coding and design freedom to create anything your clients need, along with the tools to manage and collaborate with your team seamlessly from anywhere. And when it comes to growing your business, you can get matched with new leads every day and earn revenue share for every website you create. They'll all be backed by Wix's industry-leading security and site performance. You'll also have dedicated account managers on standby 24-7 so you can reach your goals and start setting new ones. See for yourself. Head over to Wix.com slash partners and reimagine what your agency can accomplish. You support this show by checking out our sponsors. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Judy Fox. 
helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Judy Fox. If you don't know who Judy is, you need to know who she is. She's a LinkedIn strategist who helps small business marketers generate more sales on LinkedIn. Her course is called LinkedIn Business Accelerator. Judy, welcome to the show. Excited to be here. So today we're going to explore selling on LinkedIn without any ads. Yes, we're talking about organic marketing to sell on LinkedIn. Now, Judy, before we go there, I would love to hear your story. Start wherever you want to start. How in the world did you get into LinkedIn and marketing on LinkedIn? Yes. So I wanted to start where I launched my career as a chemical engineer because that was back pre-internet. So I actually started my career in the 90s, graduated from college as a chemical engineer. This, again, was before you could Google, what do I want to be when I grow up? This is when I literally had to put a resume on a typewriter And this wasn't a career option. Social media was not something that you could decide was part of your career opportunities. So throughout the years, I worked for 10 years for the same Fortune 500 company. And during that time, obviously, up until 2008, everything started exploding online and what you could do and how you could put your videos out there. And what ended up happening was LinkedIn launched and I got caught up in the economic crisis of 2008, lost my job, and immediately decided I need to be on LinkedIn because I looked at the market. I looked at what was available to get yourself in front of hiring managers, in front of recruiters, and what I saw was tons of job seekers applying for jobs I needed to get directly attached to the people that were hiring instead of trying to go through the normal channels of applying online. So my goal was to reach out to two people per day and create a good communication, actually have a conversation. My goal was two people a day for an entire year. And I ended up finding a job and being all set for the next part of my career. Well, how long did it take you to find a job with this strategy, just out of curiosity? During that time, it took about six months. Because uh, for folks that don't remember, 2008 was the big financial crisis, right? Yes. It was like the crisis before the one we're in right now. (laughs) Yeah. It's always going to be a crisis at some point. Yeah. So it took you about six months and you got another chemical engineering job. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Well, actually, what ended up happening was they were very attracted to the fact that I was using LinkedIn so much. So I ended up with what they like to call a seller-doer role. So I started doing more consulting type of sales business development on LinkedIn because they realized I had just grown a very niche audience of environmental professionals Hmm. because I was very specific in what job I wanted. So my entire focus and market development of my LinkedIn account was to only connect with environmental professionals at the very, very beginning of LinkedIn. So it became extremely attractive to the company that I ended up working for, which was a huge top 10 environmental consulting firm. And I became a business development and sales expert within that company, which was because of LinkedIn. (laughs) So fast forward over the years, I ended up launching my own environmental consulting business because of LinkedIn, because I had too many people basically at that point over the next 
five years, tell me how did you do what you did? Hmm. How can you repeat that for this industry? How can you repeat it for this industry? So finally, when you get all the way to 2018, so now 10 years later, I had launched the LinkedIn Business Accelerator because I had repeated it for so many companies and small businesses that it was repeatable. It was something that I knew I could just tell people, hey, this is how I did it. And once you reach a maximum level of, I don't know how many hundred of people asking you, how did you do it? You have a product, if that makes sense. Yeah. So literally since 2008, you've been using LinkedIn either to help another business or to help your own business figure out how to use LinkedIn. I mean, that's really what I'm hearing you say, right? And we met, now that I think of it, we met at Vid Summit, right? Does that sound about right? And summit. Yep. We met at vid summit. You had your little fox ears on, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you were just, again, you know, selling, right? Like saying, Hey, I am positioning myself as a LinkedIn expert. So if you need more LinkedIn experts, think of me. Right. And then it really wasn't until clubhouse took off that I was reconnected with you. Right. Because you were very active on clubhouse and I'm like, Hey, there's Judy Fox. And before you know it, you're back into the great graces of social media examiner or actually in for the first time, right? Yeah. On my podcast, teaching inside of our society and even coming on the live show, right? To talk to us about LinkedIn news. And it's been an amazing ride. So what are you doing now? So kind of bring us up to the present, if you will. Yes. I do want to say the very first time I had my Fox years was at Social Media Marketing World. Ah. Because before I went to Social Media Marketing World, I was very you know, wow, there's going to be a lot of people at this event and I want to stand out. So I wore my LinkedIn hat with fox ears on top and I was doing LinkedIn like a fox. And that's actually how I stood out at that event, if that makes sense. So did it work for you? What? It was amazing. People actually, I mean, I'm just going to say, I thought it was really funny because enough people assumed I was a speaker (laughs) because (laughs) I was so branded And then I kept saying, no, I'm not speaking here. I'm just doing LinkedIn like a fox. But everyone, by the end of the conference, they knew Judy Fox knows LinkedIn, which is really great. So very cool. So so talk to us about what you're doing today with your business. Yeah. So in 2018, I went full time into the LinkedIn Business Accelerator method. And that is all that I offer. So I have really niched down to working and showing people how they can leverage LinkedIn in a very specific way to make it sell for them because the organic reach is still amazing on LinkedIn. The mindset is amazing on LinkedIn from a sales perspective. That's why there's so many sales and business development professionals and marketing professionals on LinkedIn. And then finally, the budget and income and it's available for the sales professional to win or lose, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. So you've kind of already transitioned to my next question, which is (laughs) a lot of people right now are probably spending a lot more time on Facebook than they are on LinkedIn. And let's just start with, you know, organic and selling on LinkedIn, because, you know, you kind of hinted at it, but let's go a little bit deeper. Like, why can you sell? You know, why why organic for sales on LinkedIn? Let's just, because some people might be like, okay, I get her story. I understand she's totally in on LinkedIn, but why should I be on LinkedIn, right? Why should I use LinkedIn to try to sell? Let's address that. 
again, I, I wish I had these numbers like dialed, dialed far, far in. But here's the thing that I think you can appreciate from everyone listening to this podcast. We know that there's a number of touch points that you're going to have to do to get a client, to close a client. And obviously, the more high trust, high ticket, and high, you know, whatever, like the amount of length that takes to close that client may take up to 20 or 30 touch points. What I have found with my clients, again, this is my research, maybe through hundreds of my own clients, LinkedIn requires less touch points than Facebook. So for example, what I've found, again, it's not a whatever, like it's not an officially a research, I'm an engineer. So of course I've got like some type of like control or that kind of thing. But my experience is if somebody, number one, if you're going to listen to a whole entire podcast, that is a hot touch point. That is 45 minutes of us spending time together. That's the equivalent of like hands-on, high touch, a lot. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> You've won and earned the right to potentially pitch something after 45 minutes. It's a long touch point. But on Facebook, what I have found is somebody might need 20 to 30 interactions with you. Whereas LinkedIn, you may only need five interactions before they get on a sales call and close. Fascinating. Why do you think that is? Yeah, I think it starts with mindset. We do expect to be somewhat sold on LinkedIn. We just want to enjoy the sales process. We know we're on LinkedIn to buy something sometimes. We know we're on LinkedIn to find maybe an expert in a particular field. We're not just sitting around saying, I don't need XYZ services. There's so many people that need all the things that are being offered on LinkedIn by a million experts, but we actually want to enjoy the sales process. And the people who are doing amazing on LinkedIn are realizing that. And they're the ones that can get those five touch points, get you on a call or get you to the webinar, get you to the event or get you to listen to the full 45 minute podcast. And that earns what I call the right to pitch, if that makes sense. When people spend time on LinkedIn, they're there trying to get solutions to their problems, right? Like they're there for business where on Facebook, that's not why they're there, right? They're there to like kill time, right? They're just yes. scrolling through the feed or they're just trying to catch up on their friends and family. But on LinkedIn, they're there with a different purpose and with a different intent. And because everyone is either there maybe to find work or they're there to find resources or they're there to read up on interesting news related things. And maybe it's a different, like you said, a state of mind, right? And as a result, they're more open to the possibility that, you know, especially if you can match up with what their needs are, that maybe they ought to dig into you a little bit deeper. Does that sound fair? That is exactly what I say. They want to learn something, get something, and feel something along the way as they learn, get, and feel. So definitely. Cool. And they're dialed into that. They do come with a mindset of learning because you even have LinkedIn saying, hey, we offer LinkedIn learning. So their mindset already is, I could learn something from a professional that's posted. I could learn something new in my industry. I could get access to knowledge. And that's really powerful to people on LinkedIn. 
Well, and LinkedIn Learning is that acquisition. I forget what it is. Uh, Lynda.com. Is that right? Is that what? Is yes. It, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. So is there anything else we need to know about like the, the, the difference between Facebook and LinkedIn when it comes to organic or selling in general, other than just the mindset? Like I said, we expect to be sold to on LinkedIn. And there's, how do I, there's a more direct language to LinkedIn where maybe on Facebook, it has what I call the I, my, myself, my story. We're on LinkedIn. We have a more collective energy where we say things like, we can do this together. We can get results or it has a more um, you or collective energy versus a self-focused energy. Fascinating. Okay, well, let's transition over to actually how we can use LinkedIn to promote and sell whatever it is we have to sell. Where do we start? Where do you start? (laughs) So a lot of times when we think about the companies that are showing up on LinkedIn, we do think about the team or the employees that are working for the company. So we do connect people to people. And even within a company page, and I really, really appreciate I'm so glad that LinkedIn finally did this where on company pages, you can actually see who's following you now. Before, you could just see that you had how many thousands of followers? Like you have 88,000 followers on social media examiner. Uh, But in the past, it was just a number. Now we can actually see the people is what you're saying? Yes, you can click on that and Anyone who works for Social Media Examiner and is an admin of the page, they can click on those followers and actually start to connect and go further with those followers, send messages, engage deeper, whereas before you could not see who is following your company page. Fascinating. Yeah. So that is a new update as of 2020. Cool. So back to where do we start? Yeah. (laughs) So where do you start? Where do we start when we're going to sell? So you definitely start with, like I said, it still comes back to people first. So the employees of a company having the ability to either share or make content for the brand or for insights or news that is happening with the company or happening with their their role or their experience as a professional that could be extremely powerful for the brand, for them to be able to have their personal profile. And I have examples of teams that I've worked with where we literally made sure that their employee personal pages are built to convert back to the company page. Does that track? When you say have the personal employees convert back to the company page, I'm not sure I understand what that means. Can you elaborate on that? Yes. So what we did for this brand and this company was each of the employees uploaded a branded banner image. So we all knew, for example, if they work for XYZ company, they all have the logo on their banner image. So when you land on their personal profile, they are positioning themselves as an employee, as part of the company. The next thing we did is in the featured section, we created a link that goes back to the company page. So it creates a circle. Hmm. Fascinating. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. Well, this brings up a good question, which is, you know, 
where exactly do we sell, right? It sounds like you're talking about using the personal profile, right? But we've got other places where we can choose to sell. Should we talk about that? Definitely. (laughs) This topic can get extremely complex. I spend over eight weeks working with clients on this. So it's kind of hard to boil this down to 45 minutes. But what we're going to do is try to summarize the fact that you have so many places that you have the opportunity to quote unquote pitch or sell. It's just a matter of deciding how, what I call, how cold is the audience, warm or hot. And you want to make sure that you transition your content, your strategy between those three buckets. Because if you don't, there's always going to be brand new people. There's people listening right now who are like, wow, I'm learning about who Judy is for the first time. We are a cold connection to each other, but we're warming up right now. (laughs) And then there's people who are listening to this right now and they're like, whoa, I've been following Judy, but this is the first time I've listened to a whole podcast. Well, then they're a warm connection. And then a hot connection is somebody who's like, I've listened to like every podcast of Social Media Examiner and I have heard Judy on everything that she's ever put out. Like that kind of hotter, maybe they've had five to 20 touch points with me already. So does that track? And what you want to do is acknowledge that throughout your experience on LinkedIn. You don't want to just assume that people are always going to be in one of those buckets and that's all that you offer. So what I notice is on a personal profile, if I can start there, on a personal profile, when you position throughout the whole profile, the best place is the featured section because the featured section of all the places to quote unquote sell people into those three buckets, that is the most perfect spot to do it. And what that means is you get three literal links that you can put there where people will click over to go do something. And some of my favorite links to give people that fall into those three buckets is link number one is a cold link. Send people to a post you just made on LinkedIn. That keeps them on the platform, gets them more likely to get to know you, And allows you to build more what's called social proof, likes and comments and views and visibility and all of that is amazing. But that doesn't necessarily sell you, but it does get you more touch points with somebody. So that could be a cold lead who comes to your profile. They're going to make a comment or they might engage or they might like a current post. Great. You've got that bucket covered. The second bucket could be listen to this podcast, watch this YouTube video, something that has a little bit more of an investment of time or even an opt-in could be a warm bucket where you're like basically saying, hey, I have the 20 best calls to action that I use on LinkedIn. Come click for this download. So they click on that and they go do something. So it it requires them to at least trust you a little bit to say, wow, I do want to do that. And then a hot bucket could be book a call or apply to work with me or do you see the final bucket? Like buy something, buy my course, an exchange of 
financial resources at that point. So let me just clarify this. Um, we're talking about using a personal profile, in particular using the features section in the profile. And for those that are on the go and they're listening, which is everyone for the most part, like describe <laughs> where the heck that is on the profile. Like just give a, is it near the top? Where is it exactly? Especially like on a mobile phone, where would they find it? You know, they're going to find it pretty close to the top. It's LinkedIn's been kind of moving some things around. So it's, I would say it's near the top. It's within the range of, you know, you get to your top of your profile, you got your about section and it's right there, right next to the about section. Is this something they have to choose to turn on or does everybody have it? They do have to, if it doesn't show up on their profile, most of the time they have to add it as a section. So it's always there for everyone's profiles, but some people don't realize they have it, if that makes sense. So you are correct. And does it matter whether they have their profile set up for followers or friends or whatever the heck it is? Do you understand what I'm asking? Yeah, yeah. Everyone has this. So no, you can have it set up to connect or follow. I think when you think about Facebook or you think about Instagram, I just see LinkedIn operating the personal and company pages as websites. And if you have a personal profile that could literally operate like a website, use it. And that featured section reminds me of a website when you land on it and you have these different choices. What are people going to do? You need to capture the cold, warm and hot because anyone landing on your profile could be landing on it the first time, landing on it the 10th time or ready to buy from you. They've landed on it and they're a hot lead. So these three links that are in the, what are we calling this? The featured section. Yeah. What happens when you put a link in there? Does it just pull in like the a headline and then it's hot linked or is it previewing anything? How does that work exactly? It does preview a picture. So you get what's called a social sharing icon within, for example, your website, or if you have a Calendly link, you would have your profile picture that you put up on the Calendly link. So I call it the social sharing icon. Sometimes I have to do something a little more backend. And yes, I did learn how to HTML code at one point, which is well beyond where we're going. But sometimes you do have to be able to realize you have control on the backend if you own the website or you own the source. So first thing is, is you suggested as a link to a LinkedIn post. And I would imagine it could be one of your higher, better posts. It doesn't have to, you don't have to update this all the time, right? You could just choose one that you think is good. Or is it something you recommend you swap out a lot as far as the first cold link? Yeah. So I tell people, the very first thing I tell people is like, is there any post that generated some sales? Did it generate conversation that you found converted eventually to a sale, well, then you should highlight that one. (laughs) If it sold one person, it's more likely to sell two or three if more people land on it. It allows your post to be more evergreen. And the second thing is to link to like maybe a YouTube video or a podcast or even a LinkedIn video, I would imagine. Um, And that's longer content. And then the last one was or maybe even a freebie, right? Like I get a free report or whatever, right? And then the last one was like, hey, you know, book a call, buy something, work with me. Or go to the company page because the company page on LinkedIn, if you at that third spot could drive traffic to build out your company page to grow the followers, to grow the links to your website, the ability to then 
capture people on your website, that kind of concept is a hotter lead. People will want to see what you offer. And if you want to send them to your company page, that's a hot link. Let's talk about the company page. So there's plenty of people that work for a company and they wanted to maybe do something on the company page. What do you recommend? Do you have a similar kind of strategy that you would recommend or any other kind of strategy to help the company page, if you will, sell? I do. So the power in a company page is by the time somebody gets to your company page and right at the very, very top, number one, you get the same kind of concept. You get the banner, which is what I call the billboard of the internet highway. You get a chance to position yourself visually. But the next thing that's really powerful that you get to do is you get to have your buttons, which is intriguing people to follow or to click where you get to position yourself as contact us, learn more. I think I'm trying to think of the phrasing, but there's a lot of different phrases that LinkedIn preforms for you that you can drive traffic where you want it to go. Cool. And I would say the power of that is by the time people are over there, most of the time they're willing and they are not confused. They literally have only a few buttons to click at the top. And that's the power of sales is less confusion gets you more clicks. Is there anything else we can do with our company page specifically outside of creating a cool banner at the top that maybe somehow helps signal what we're all about? And choosing the right call to action button like you talked about. Yeah. So the best example I've been able to see between when I look at the numbers of how many people are clicking on the button, I've taken people from getting just a few, maybe five or six button clicks. Maybe they have about a thousand followers to 5,000 followers and they're getting maybe every 30 days they're getting five or six button clicks. It's not that much. It's kind of, they're not really growing and they're not really getting a ton of clicks. What I notice is when you literally tell people within that one line that you get right beneath the company page name, right beneath the banner, if you literally just say click with whatever phrase you picked, if you picked contact us, if you picked learn more, when you literally use the words click learn more and you use up some of the space in that amount of uh, words that you get right there, that simple change can 10x the number of people that click on that learn more button, uh, connect with us, whatever you want them to do. That line is gold. Can that button go offsite or does it have to go stay on site? Is the action? It goes offsite almost all the time. Okay, I mean, perfect. I tell people, take advantage of that button. That button is built to sell you. Awesome. What about messaging? Talk to us a little bit about how we can maybe use direct messages to sell. Yeah. So the same thing with direct messages where you want to realize what bucket that person is in. So a lot of times I notice one of the biggest complaints I've heard across all social media, anytime I interact with anybody, they're like, oh, LinkedIn and the spam and the you know, people are sending me spam direct messages, get on a call with me for 10 minutes, do this, do that. It's direct, but you still have to honor the place the person is in. So if they are a brand new connection, 
you want to honor the fact that you could actually grow them as an amazing lead and an amazing connection, but you just have to honor the fact that they're brand new. So the one of the ways that I give my clients a way to do that is to say something like, great, glad to be connected. I'm excited for your content, uh, interested to see what you post, glad to stay connected on the platform. And you may even direct them. And I sometimes say, I have a personal hashtag if you want to make sure you see my next post. And it's hashtag Fox Rocks. It gives a hyperlink in the direct messages to hashtag Fox Rocks. That is a amazing generator of cold leads getting warmed up to more touch points. Because if more people can follow the company, company page, the company hashtag, the personal hashtag, whatever you have, but it's not an aggressive link, if that makes sense, but it allows you to grow. So it could just be, hey, I've actually gotten my company page up and running, would be honored for you to check it out. Keep them on LinkedIn if they're a cold lead. That's okay. I think too many people try to sell them, get them off LinkedIn, get them on a call, get them on an email. People actually feel like you respected them and you honored them by just keeping them on LinkedIn. They're like, oh, thank you. Like, I appreciate that. Like, oh, thank you for that resource. If, as long as it's on LinkedIn. I want to ask about this hashtag concept. Mm-hmm. So you're using your personal hashtag, Fox Rocks. Is that what it was? Fox Rocks? Yeah. Hashtag Fox Rocks and as it's spelled. <laughs> can someone follow hashtags and do they understand how to do that? Does LinkedIn encourage you to follow hashtags? Yes. LinkedIn has now launched more. So first of all, with company pages, you get to feature the top three hashtags that you want to be visible in for your company page. So say, for example, when I go to Social Media Examiner, I can click over there and I can see, let's just see if I can like meta do it right now. I bet you we don't have any hashtags set up on there. Yes, you do. Oh, we you do? have, they're, what they call them is community hashtags. Okay. So currently there are trending posts happening within social media marketing and hashtag social media. So it's possible that somebody and one of your employees is either engaged within that hashtag or within that post that's trending within that hashtag. Does that make sense? Are these hashtags something that um, if we use them in our post, LinkedIn will just kind of magically add them to the page or do we get a chance to assign these hashtags to? You get a chance to assign the community hashtags to yourself. Ah, To yourself or to your page or both? To your company page. So you on the back end, the admins that are listening right now to any company page, you get to pick the top three community hashtags that you want to be visible in as a company. So you could create one with your own name, like Social Media Examiner if we wanted to, right? Exactly. So I was doing research before the call (laughs) and it is very powerful to get high visibility within niche hashtags with this community hashtag concept. Because if you imagine, I don't think any of us would be mad right now if a thousand people following hashtag marketing news saw your post, if that makes sense. Or hashtag social media may be a huge hashtag, but that might be something that if you become extremely consistent within the exact same hashtags every single time, 
you actually become visible to those followers of that hashtag. Very cool. So I want to spend a few minutes talking about content strategy. Um, So far, we've talked about how to use your personal profile to kind of put some links in a featured section. We've talked about your company page and the banner and the buttons, and we've talked about direct messaging and the use of hashtags. There's probably a lot of people wondering, what should I post about? Like my regular posting content strategy, if you will, because, you know, there's a lot of us that are probably not sure what to do. Like, you know, we think at least because of Facebook, right? We're not supposed to link to our sales pages, <laughs> right? Because yeah. it's all going to get repressed by the algorithm on Facebook. So how in the world, what do we do with content, right? How do we use content to, if you will, sell? So I will dispel the myth immediately and that does separate LinkedIn from Facebook you can put links in your post to your sales page. Go ahead and sell from your post. I will give you a really great example. I had a client that was launching a, she works for a lot of, you know, top 100 companies in the US and she had pivoted during the pandemic because everything's online. She had been doing online workshops and I got one of her posts to 50,000 views with a direct link to people to book into her workshop that was going to be online. So that is 50,000 views. And I think it was over 3,000 people clicked on that link within the first 24 hours. Sweet. So yes, you want to use your links wherever you want to send people, you LinkedIn is completely fine with that. So let's just dispel any myth that you need to put the link in the comments or you need to be tricky or do anything. Give us the direct link. Where do you want to send us? Send us there. Be direct. (laughs) Cool. So what about our content? Like what kinds of content should we be, you know, publishing, if you will, that will help us sell better? So we're going to go back to what we said at the beginning. People want to learn something. So a top piece of content is adding your insights into a news story, a upcoming feature, an event, something that you know in your industry, but you can have a personal take on it. So say, for example, um, there's something in social media that's breaking news. You might say, I read this in Forbes and I want to share it with you. Like that is very, very highly sought after because you're giving us access to information and knowledge that your brain only has. And that's unique to us. And we feel like we're getting something. Remember that, like we're learning, we're getting. So from a feeling standpoint, or if you want to have a little bit more of a personal take on things, you might share a story, a customer success story, a lesson learned. We always appreciate that kind of energy that we feel when we hear a CEO open up about a lesson learned or something they wish they could tell their self right when they were coming out of college or the one thing I've learned in business that would have changed everything if I had learned it earlier. Like it feels vulnerable, but it actually positions you as learning the the thing that we wish we could learn. And then we, it makes us more attracted to follow, hire, be more interested and engage because we find it relatable. And then I think the last story is we want to celebrate your success with you. Real quick question. 
let's come back to that, celebrate the success okay. part if, if it makes sense after this question. But yeah. so let's say there's some news that happens in our industry, right? Like let's say that there's a new research study that came out, right? That shows that the adoption of this technology is on the decline, okay? But let's say that you have a different perspective, right? So are you saying like, hey, just read this study in whatever publication and here's what they said and here's why I think they're wrong, blah, 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 blah. And by the way, here's the link to the article. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Something along those lines? Or here's my story and I've had different experiences or I've had the same experience. Here's my story, blah, 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 blah. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Like, like to not just share the link to the news that happened and be just a, a curator, but to add your opinion on top of it? Yes. <laughs> 1000% yes. So I had a client that wanted to share how LinkedIn gave the entire company a week off. It was just a news story out in the news. But the reason why that got him over 20,000 views on his own post and his own content, because normally you may share something like that, but that doesn't go anywhere. But what happened is he added his personal thoughts, what he thought about it and how he could apply that to his business, which made it a whole new story with a different perspective. If all of a sudden, you know, you shared that article, we would be interested in what you think about it. Not that LinkedIn did it, but would you do it for your company? That kind of concept. So that's what makes it interesting and what makes it likable and commentable. And by the way, this is something I do notice on LinkedIn is a lot of the posts are long, right? They're not mm -hmm. like Facebook. You're lucky sometimes to have a sentence, but it seems like on LinkedIn, people are writing paragraphs and paragraphs. I mean, is that part of the strategy here? Yes, because it's part of the strategy is linger time. So if you get a post up there and you become what I call a consistent creator who is sharing these longer posts, there is value and it's value to the reader if you can actually tell like a great story or share your insights or share what you think about an article or think about the news. But the other reason goes back to, I guess, the organic al algorithm, which is the amount of time they just sit reading your post, which actually increases your views, which tells LinkedIn to send it to more people so they can see it. Yeah, that's what's great is LinkedIn seems to lift up your content to people that aren't even following you, right? Yes, yes, definitely. So what else should we be thinking about with our content strategy other than just to commenting on, you know, stories that are going on in the news, for example? This is where I think the power of LinkedIn is compared to many other social media, or at least what I think people need to understand about content is by the time I've read your insights on whatever news or social media, new emerging digital trend or whatever's coming out in the news, the person who's shared this, posted it, at the bottom of that post, you've earned the right to pitch me something. That pitch may be what I call a light, cold pitch. You may just say, P.S. or you may say, follow my hashtag to get more insights on these types of news, digital marketing trends. You may have a simple call to action, what I call a cold call to action, or you may put a hot call to action out there, which actually says launching the next openings for our society or 
we are running the next event and next webinar and it's the topic is going to be and then put the title of the topic and pitch us the next event. So you can actually be more dialed in to pitch us something, what I call a hot lead, where you literally send us to listen to the full podcast, subscribe to something, like making us, making the hotter follower do something, if that makes sense. I love this. What I'm hearing you say is, hey, and I've seen a lot of people do this. You can leverage an existing piece of insight or news or research that you've discovered and sew your own story into it. But I've also seen people just tell stories, right? Like I was... I was what this happened with one of my clients today, right? If I was an agency, right? And and I'm not going to name the client, but this was their challenge, blah blah blah, and this is how I helped them solve it, you know. And just even just telling stories, I would imagine can it can accomplish the same thing even if they're not quote unquote in the news. Is that right? Yes. We will honor the fact that you told us the story. And are you going to convert everybody? As I mentioned that one woman who was launching her online workshops, that post was so successful for her. It was just one post, but I can only imagine, this is what people tell me. I went viral on LinkedIn, but it didn't do anything for me. And then I look at the bottom of that post and I'm like, because you just ended it. You literally had a captive audience. It's like having a podcast right now and we just cut us off like right after the, that would make no sense. At the end of almost every podcast we listen to online, you expect to be told, where can we get more of you? I mean, yeah. that's a call to action. <laughs> Do it on your post. So, okay, here's a question. Should we let LinkedIn auto-populate that data, that link, or should we just instead upload a picture? Because I think it's like Facebook, isn't it? Or if you put a link in there, it's just going to start pulling in the content automatically, right? So what's the best practice? Have it all be just text? And don't let LinkedIn pull in any of its like preview stuff or upload a photograph with it. What's your thought? That's a great question. And I would say the most successful ones I have found do remove what LinkedIn auto populates. Good. So that one that I told you about that sent people to her online workshops we clicked it's so yes, LinkedIn will see the link because obviously you're putting a link to go somewhere off of LinkedIn, right? That is the one thing that is powerful. Either click the X button and make it only text only. So there's no picture that goes with it because the picture takes away sometimes from that client story that you want to tell because sometimes the picture doesn't go with it. Yeah. It good doesn't point, right. Yeah, it doesn't match. So the only reason I would put a picture is if you do have something that maybe has some value to it, maybe there is a diagram that went with that client story. Maybe there was a before and after picture. Maybe there were some results that you could visually share. That could be a powerful picture to put with it. But most of the time I tell people it's either going to be a picture that makes sense that you upload or you just take away and you make it a text only post. Judy, this has been really awesome. And now folks transitioning to call to action. <laughs> I know. Isn't that funny? I yeah. was like very meta right yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> so if people want to reach out to you or learn more about you, where do you want to send them? Well, first I want to tell people that I want to give them my list of my hottest 20 calls to action that I have found clients use successfully on their posts. So I want them to go to J-U-D-I 
fox.com slash SME. So J-U-D-I is how you spell Judy, fox.com slash SME. And folks, Judy is absolutely amazing. If they want to follow you on the social platforms, which I would imagine you're going to say LinkedIn is your preferred. Yes. <laughs> should they find you there and follow you there? Is that is that the easiest way? Yes, I am one of very few J-U-D-I-F-O-X, and I'm probably the only one that is brave enough, I think, to wear fox ears all over the platform. So you can definitely find me across all my socials, especially if you go to J-U-D-I-F-O-X.com. I can't even say it myself. <laughs> That's cool. You notice how she's spelling it out? Judy Fox, thank you so much for... Um, being so crystal clear and providing your wisdom and insights and hot tips. They were very, very cool. Thanks for joining us today. I loved it. Thank you. Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you. Simply head over to socialmediaexaminer.com slash 464. If you're new to the show, be sure to follow us. If you've been a longtime listener, would you let your friends know about the show? I am at Stelsner on Instagram. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your fast talking host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.